Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Ah, it's good to be with you guys, and what a privilege it is to preach your word. Lord, I pray for the ability to speak into the hearts of your children, Father, but I know, God, that without your Holy Spirit, that's impossible. Lord, I pray for attentive ears and attentive hearts to what you want to say to them today. Not, not how well I can deliver or how, how entertaining I can be, but may it be something of Holy Spirit coming convict hearts, Lord. Pray for the ability to speak your words in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so it's going to be a one because I have to start you out by telling you what we're going to do for the next couple of weeks. We did maturity some time ago. You know, we do a New Testament. We do Old Testament books. We go systematically through the Word of God. And then every now and again, we've got a little bit other preaching. We had Molise talk about uh, just before the elections, our reconciliation. I spoke about idolatry. Lainey, what did you speak on? It was, uh, you also went and did that at um, Pursuit of Happiness. You also did it at, and then Al came. And he spoke on asking like AXA. There we go. Okay, notebooks out. Phones out. It's a fun one, this one. Now I'm going to balance this. Who grew up in church? Show of hands. Oh, crazy. You're growing up in church. You didn't grow up in church. Oh, my children, you know. Who went to Sunday school as a little wee little toddler? Yeah, I also did. I'm eternally grateful that my mom dropped us at church on a Sunday morning. And then I must must confess, on a Sunday morning when it was cold in winter, the communion we had was old brown sherry. You know how that that warms you up from the inside? Yo, num, num, num. (laughs) We used to to take, I don't think we were supposed to, but we did. But it was fun, hey? Who knows what this is? Huh? A kiddie's Bible. But it's not the new ones. Have you seen the latest one? They all have fancy characters that don't even resemble humans. No, this is a proper kid's Bible. The pictures here look like us. Look at that. Look, Adam and Eve. Basically, Molise and I. <clears throat> Good illustration. You don't have to go through the Powerpuff Girls to understand something of the Bible. It's just proper stories. Can I read you a piece? Where's the shortest one? This one. And God said time and time again that he, would cre- uh, that he had created was good. He said that what he created was good. He was satisfied with his handiwork. The light in the sky and the clouds in the mountains and the sun and moon and stars and all the animals were beautiful to God. Of course. God cannot make bad things. Everything was so lovely that God smiled in delight. (laughs) After having made all these things and after having created people, God said, it was very good. 
God became very good because God's creation was completed. So, taking a little bit of license there, saying God got better, he practiced a bit more. And God would have liked it to remain that way in creation, in Eden. When we think of paradise, we always remember that God's creation was very good. We know that God would have preferred it to be exactly that way today. God said it was good. And then it's got the verses, Genesis 1, 24 to 25 and 31, that it's based on. So now, somebody said something to me the other day about people in our congregation and people in other congregations. The generation or the people that are in, in church at the moment do not even know kids' stories from the Bible. Because they didn't grow up like you and I being dropped off at church. I would, I would venture to say the people that didn't grow up in church that's sitting here wouldn't know the stories like you and I did. There was a rainbow after there were animals in a, in a boat. And there were people in, in a fire. But there were supposed to be three and they saw four. And there was a massive statue built. And there was a tall tower. And what did God do with the tall tower? No, no, no. You can't build. And he gave different languages. And then you go to the New Testament. And the stories we learned was Jesus woke up and said to the storm, be still. Think about your own theology and how many things you know about the Bible because you were taught it in Sunday school. Come on, people. You skim over what you read in the book of Esther because you know the story. Her parents died. She lived with her uncle. She was taken. She eventually got the favor of the one eunuch. She became queen and then she stood up against Haman in fear and trembling. And she said, he's going to kill my people. And the king was kind to her for such a time as this. Story of Esther. I wonder if we had to take away that reminder of Sunday school and read those recounts or accounts or history again and fresh and new. How many other things will be illuminated to us about God? And that is what this series is about. I don't want you to feel like we're insulting you and saying you're a child. But if you like the pictures, you like the pictures. I like the pictures. So we're going to go through a couple of Sunday school stories. In my mind, I'm saying the truth about Bible stories. This morning, if I had to tag on something, it would probably be the truth about Bible stories. Imago Dei. Image of God. My privilege to kick it off by talking about creation. Oh, I love it. Have you ever thought about how many things you believe because
because of creation. Where are the flat earthers? Come on, don't be shy, raise your hand. None. Okay. I hope that this series, as we go through it, will dispel some fallacies in your life. Maybe something that was presented to you at a young and impressionable age, and that you believed a solid fact, that indeed was not fact. And that has somehow shaped your theology and your thinking about God. May he come and dispel that and bring correction. I hope that as we go through this, that he will bring fresh reminders. He will stand next to you in the fiery furnace. We think about that and it's so far from our thoughts. But it is there to tell you he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. The fiery furnace might not just be a real fiery furnace, but we are in the crucible of life. Fresh reminders of His presence. May it bring new revelation. Like I said, may we look at it. New, innocent fresh eyes. Father, I pray that you will open our eyes to newness about what you want to say to us. Oh God, may we find your, your plan, your purpose, your salvation. Jesus, may we find you in everyone that we go through in Jesus' name. Open our eyes, open our hearts. May you be established in God's eternal truth, afresh and anew. I cannot emphasize this enough. And I pray that as conviction settles, that you will impact your own life and those around you with the Holy Spirit. So afterwards, please don't steal my Bible, people. I need it. I want to say if you need somebody to the Lord and you want to give them an easy enough Bible to read, I would consider buying the classic children's Bible storybook at 360 Rand from Kumbuk's tell you make sense sometimes it's all you need to just fall in love with this word is something that makes sense from the word go cool point one let's do this i called it creation uh scripture there genesis 1 1 to 31 um one verse in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. I, I asked myself, why is there a book of Genesis? Good question, you guys say. I say, thank you. Because you know leaders ask questions. Genesis means origin. Do you know the origin of your own story and can you tell it to someone? Where did God arrest your life and say, let's change the pace. Let's change the direction. Origin. Was written by Moses. That's what they, the common belief is. Uh, they can't definitively say, but they, how do you pronounce Pentateuch? Hey, would that be correct? British people among us, Pentateuch, 
Please wake up. <clears throat> it was either written when he was a shepherd, when God told him things in, when he was for, uh, in Jethro's care or, or in his service, or when he was up on Sinai and God started giving him the laws and insight into governing. And he penned it down. Um, Moses, of course, was the lawgiver and the leader of Israel. And then I asked myself, what is the purpose of generation? And fortunately, I have some study Bibles and listen to this. It is to reveal the man, to man the origin of the heavens and the earth and all things therein. My gosh. To de declare God's personal as personal creator and show that nothing was evolved through billions of years. I can say that Dakes, the author of this study Bible, was not an evolutionist. <laughs> to record the restoration of earth to a second habitable state giving facts about man and animals, to record the history of the fall of man, the second curse and restoration. Genesis is the foundation on which all divine re revelations rest and on which it is built up. Genesis contains relationships between man and God at a next level. Adam and Eve, Abram, Israel, Isaac. Yo, what a wonderful book. But we're not talking about it, are we? Oh. Come, people. What was created on day one? Light and darkness. Day two. I'm sending you all back to Sunday school, man. Land and sea. Day three. When there's land, there has to be plants. Thank you, mom. Well done to the lady in the second row. And on day four. <laughs> now she's going back to her roots. Now it's Afrikaans, people. He created the cosmos. He puts the sun in place. He puts the moon in place. He puts the stars there. He says, let it govern. He almost creates seasons and time. Days, the calendar. We just identified it now. We call it the Julian calendar. Hey, he did it. Day five. Now, I'm, I'm going to make you read your Bibles. The fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the animals on the land, and scorpions and worms and and spiders, and ants, and, and locusts, and praying mantis. And I think that, that the, the, um, the, the mechis and the mosquitoes came with the, the, the Egyptians. So I don't think they were created then. It doesn't matter. Then what does he do on day six? He makes us man, humanity. And aren't we eternally grateful that he did that? And then on day seven, some say he did something. Some say he, what did he do? Or for, for us, thanks heaven, he created rest that we can enter into on a Sunday afternoon for some of us. A long afternoon nap. God created. 
How solid is your understanding of creation? Do you think this book was just written so that we can have fights with atheists? Or go and challenge those evolutionists? Has anybody been to Cradle of Humankind? It's close to where I grew up. We went there often. It's just so that we can go and debate with them. No, 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 no. On page two of my Bible, God created an animal. He did not make it evolve from a fish. Is that all, all the only reason why, why Genesis is penned down? Surely not, people. So we can feel superior when we debate with people and say, <laughs> we don't have to convince you, we know the truth. No, guys. There's a creator, and there are created beings. There's a design, and there's a designer. Do you know that he was intentionally, specifically involved in who you are? If he just created something at a, at a fraction off, we would be toast. Think about it. Too close to the sun, we burnt up. Too far away, we freeze up. There was a design. So my first point for us to learn from, from the, this story is, and to be reminded of that, God created purpose through His design. Do you know that you have purpose? Do you know what purpose it is? Okay, that was a, not a rhetorical question. It's looking for some affirmation or some. Do you know your purpose? The first one of it all, we are to worship our Lord, our King, our Master. Give Him praise, pour ourselves out, submit to Him, worship Him. Be in His presence. Our first purpose is Him. And then because we are rooted in His and in Him, he gives us a specific task to go and accomplish. Just close your eyes and say, Father, remind me of my task and my purpose in you, the design for my life. Oh, Father, come and speak to us as people. Come and speak to us again as a church. We are your diverse community. We want to lead your, uh, have an impact in our greater communities for you. <laughs> we want to be your love reaching our communities. God, that's our corporate purpose as Limbronians. God creates purpose through his design. Second point, instruction. Genesis 2, 15 to 19, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work. Can I read that again? The Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work. Work was not something that happened after the fall. We are supposed to work. We are supposed to work at things. If you want to get better at something, guess what? You've got to work at it. Evangelism sometimes is work. To get to the hospital on Saturday might take some work. Well, let's just for sake of the linguist here, effort. Take some effort. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, then surely you shall die. Right from the word 
go. God gives commands and instructions. Now you go to somebody out there who does not have a surrendered life to Jesus and that you say to them, God commands you to love your neighbor and they will say, say what? You go into you, your context and there's just no reality to it, eh, Duffs? You can't tell anybody anything. Unfortunately, I'm talking to a community who says, He is my Lord and my Savior. God brings instruction. Do you have a surrendered attitude to Him? If He says to you, Give this, walk here, turn there, are, are you surrendered to Him? Do you understand that the instruction of the Lord is for your good? Oh, we love it when the instruction of the Lord comes and it says, do not take um, a Modafontein off-ramp, rather take London Road off-ramp. And then later you hear there was traffic at Modafontein. You're like, oh God, I just felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. And I'm so glad I did because I would have been terribly late. Oh, then we love the instruction of the Lord. And then, and he comes and he says, give your last to this person. And you say, please confirm that. Bravo, Alpha. Come in. There's interference in the line. What was that? Then he brings those people on your path. You're like, oh, your situation is so hard. Come in. Bravo, Alpha. Who's sitting here, having heard from God, in absolute disobedience? I, I, I'm the first to say it's me. There are many detailed things that I've missed that I'm missing at the moment. You know how quick it is to get back on that horse? Yes, Lord. Because God created authority and submission through His design. You know what the beauty is? It is safe. It is so secure. It is so comfortable. It fits like an old t-shirt. Third one uh, I've called the fall. I know I'm not terribly original today. No assonance or alliteration. or It's just, what did I do? I did C-I-F. Kif, man, kif. The fall. Oh. Genesis 3 verse 1 to 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of the tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither you shall touch it lest you die. Now, just think about creation here. What did the serpent look like before God took away the, the feet or the legs? Have you ever thought that everything that God made was good? Surely they can't be as ugly as they are now. Like they, they, who likes snakes? 
Oh, please. No, man. Franella. Oh, no, man. I think come to the front. We can pray for you guys. Did it have long legs? Did it have short legs? Did it look like it was smiling and not grimacing at you? Because now when you see a snake, it just looks like, I'm going to get you. I'm your friend. I'm, I'm going to bite you. It, did you did, was it a, a loving creature? What was it? The, then you go further than that. Once you consider what it looked like, then you think, man, Adam and Eve, this thing was presented to them. That's what God says in, in Genesis. Um, uh, now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to man. To see what he would call them. Adam and Eve called that thing serpent. They gave it a name. For those people growing up on a farm, you never give any of your livestock names. Because you have to eat them later. Blomiki. Fillet steak. <clears throat> they named Serpent. They saw serpent. It wasn't a foreign thing when this thing came and it didn't disguise itself like a chameleon and all of a sudden came and charmed uh, Eve like, uh, is it Shere Khan in, in Mowgli? You know, the snake that comes in the eyes go all hypnotic and it wasn't like that. It was still a pleasant animal living under the dominion of Adam and Eve. And guess what? When God made it, he said it was good. And there are many sermons that you can get and many exegesis and, and, and things that you can get on what happened. What happened? And why Eve came to this and why Adam gave up his authority when he said, God, but it's the woman that did this to me. And she said, it's the snake. And but this morning, the, the serpent uses the truth to bring confusion in the way that he presented it. <laughs> okay, let's start here. Be careful what teaching you subscribe to. Because the motive determines the outcome. I want to say that's why it's good to be rooted in a church and in a life group. Because there's this depth of relationship and love in God. But there are many people out there that presents the truth of God for a very different motive. You just have to go on YouTube and say, man of God syndrome. But worse than that, you've got people that prey on the innocent for their own personal gain. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Be careful what truth and the, the bringer of the truth and whose message you subscribe to. The second thing, if you give position or, or, or credence to, to that seed, it will birth lies in and through your life. That confusion is the seedbed of lies to, lies to take hold and to infiltrate. 
if you are uncertain of anything, come to the pastors or the leaders. Come to the elders. Come and ask for clarity. We will gladly give it to you. But be very, very careful. <laughs> and then the actual point I want to mark under, under this third point, four, comes with a story. Uh, you know, Nikki and Bob did Iris's dedication. And Bob came and he said, uh, well, through Nikki, that this child will have favor and, and position and she will be strong. But one thing she has to be protected from and guard against is the iris of the eye being captured by the fancy things of this world. Am I summarizing it? I don't know who was here when she was dedicated. So she does have a way of noticing everything. I come in, I've had my hair cut. All the other kids walk past me like I'm nothing. Iris says, oh, I like your hair. This is an opportunity, guys, to say you like my hair. And then shout out Stoffel, my stylist. But at, um, so Iris has this, she notices things and, and she gets things and she gives herself a little bit more prominence than, than she ought. And it's a thing that we have to school her in and, and uh, constantly guard against. So Ari comes and her name means rainbow promise of God. And one of the prophetic words we got from somebody else is that through her life, God will restore people to relationship with Him, to covenant with Him. And we've seen this happen where in, in a young guy's life, he said, I will change my ways because I would also like to have a child one day. So, so we've seen semblance of this coming through. So it's a good thing. We've reminded about her about the purpose of God in her life. You all say, well done as parents. You all say, well, thank you, my love. You guys are missing the opportunities this morning. But um, we parent her very strategically, I would say. I'm not going to say we do a perfect job, but we try to steward her strategically into what God has for her. And we, we blotch it many, many, many times. But it's a good thing to know what God has called you to. Do you know what He meant when He called you by your name? That it wasn't just Trevor or or Beth, he, he spoke destiny and purpose into you. It's a good thing. What does my delightful Iris do? Oh, mommy, but I'm the most special rainbow promise of God. No, Iris, you are just Iris. And your name means promise of God. But am I not just the best one? No, you are not. She takes what is good and shapes it into something that isn't. Because it's good to know what your name is and what the purpose of God is. But when you start to shape it to garner glory for yourself, you fall slapdash into pride and arrogance and independence and self-reliance. That's what happens in the fall, doesn't it? Adam and Eve called serpent, serpent. I don't know what the Arabic one was. He, they call this thing, and it's good. God even says it's good. 
And they are surrounded by what is good. They're surrounded by trees and grass and sea and plants and animals and whatever. They, and everything that surrounds them is good. Yet, they miss it. Oh my. Being surrounded by God's goodness and His handiwork is not the same of being in His presence. Because what is the first thing that He says? Adam, Adam, where are you? Now God, surely when you read this Bible, you know that our immutable, omnipotent, uncreated, Glorious God did not know that and wasn't fooled by them hiding. He knew exactly where they were. But in His grace and mercy, He calls them back into His presence. God created His presence for our pleasure and for our safety. Simple as that. Fourth one, restoration. I'm rushing. Just got a couple of little other things to say, but restoration for me is quite an important one. So Genesis 3.21, And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed them. What did Adam and Eve do? And what do we do? Just like our great, 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 great grandparents. They got stuck in the shame of the mistake. Our best effort to rinse ourselves of the shame of humanity and the fallen nature that we have can never, ever, never, ever, ever, ever restore ourselves. My best gifts, <laughs> pouring myself out. When, when the Bible says you may give everything that you are, you will still be a clanging thing if it's in your own efforts and a symbol that doesn't work. Because the fig leaves that they use to cover their shame and their nakedness, it's going to wither and die. And God comes in His grace and He says something else will pay the ultimate price for you, for your shame to be covered. Does it sound vaguely familiar? And we find an example of how the blood of Jesus Christ will shed, be shed for us one day and take away all shame and condemnation and restore us once and for all and, 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 and appease the wrath of God once and for all so we can be restored to our original purpose and design in God. Can I ask you for a few seconds to consider the price afresh and anew that was paid for your shame, for your sin, for your restoration, just like mine? There's this, once again I think upon the cross where he died. Once again, 
I'm broken inside. Once again, I thank you. Can you consider that this wasn't just a senseless animal that paid the price, but God himself to restore you to your created purpose, your design, your relationship, to be in the presence of the one who calls you beautiful, daughter, son, beloved, worthy, purposed, wanted, accepted, chosen. Thank you for that, Lord. May we never forget to find Jesus and the gospel at the center of what we do. In conclusion, six things. What do we learn from our Sunday school Bible? First four stories. Creation, God created good, God created man, very good, and the fall, restoration. God is created and uncreated. God is creator and uncreated. God gives purpose. God, God restores, God is love, and God is grace. God is holy. There is none like Him. God is relational. You were born to be in His presence, and He craves yours. He doesn't need it, but He wants it. God is eternal. There is no beginning and there shall be no end. Maz, can you come and do Agnes Day for us? Just sing that together. It's from Revelation. Where it said, and when they saw him, they all fell down and said, Worthy is the Lamb. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. I ask you to first sit and consider God. In your own way, focus on Him and pursue His presence now. Mary and then we'll start singing and as you want to. And if you are led by the Holy Spirit, if there's conviction, stand up and worship Him. But know that as you worship Him and you are in His presence, He takes off your own attempts to cover your shame. And He comes and He covers it for you. And He says, I'll take it away. I've got this, my boy. I've got this, my girl. And as you do that, He comes and He reminds you about purpose and design. <laughs> this is what you were meant for. And you say, thank you, God. 
And if that's all that you get and you don't sing a single bar of the song, then so be it. But do business with your father because in his presence, you are recreated. In his presence, you were created. Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za.